the emergency room is the least effective way to treat primary care issues and preventative issues. Unfortunately, though, that's where many people without health insurance end up going because they they don't have the funds to do anything until it is an emergency. I'm Christina Gianni with the Hayes Post and Eagle Radio, and I'm speaking with Doug Williams, Executive Director of Grow Hayes, about Medicaid expansion on this episode of the Post podcast. Certainly Hayes and Ellis County is a, uh, I've said it many times, we're primarily a white collar community. You know, primarily the largest employers are Hayes Medical Center, Fort Hayes State University, uh, USD 489. They're the largest employers in Ellis County. And uh, the largest employer is, is Hayes Medical Center. And this would be a significant uh, revenue boost for Hayes Medical Center uh, if Medicaid expansion were passed. And so Ellis County, much more than many other counties across the state, uh, would be positive, positively impacted by Medicaid expansion. Uh, right now, Hayes Medical Center uh, provides a lot of care, wet, no reimbursement to patients who can't pay, and uh, they write off a lot of, uh, of accounts receivable because of that, that they would be paid for uh, if if in fact Medicaid expansion was passed. And the, the latest statistics I saw said 666 people in Ellis County would qualify for Medicaid expansion and be able to obtain health coverage that in most cases don't have health coverage now. Well, we were talking about this <clears throat> earlier. It, you know, if you make under a certain amount, you already qualify for Medicaid. And if you have a certain level of a job, you're a full-time employee and make enough, then you pay for your own insurance or you have insurance through your work. But if you're part-time, um, there's a lot of what we would qualify as working poor, or even working middle-class people who would be covered by this Medicaid expansion who do have jobs but are not able to uh, afford health care. And that really affects the workforce. Absolutely. Uh, it People are in that situation where they they work, but they don't make enough money to afford health insurance, and consequently, uh, they have to have two jobs. Sometimes they maybe uh, just uh, in many cases, obviously, they go without. And unfortunately, the burden of that falls on the healthcare providers because they're not going to deny people healthcare. You know, when, if somebody comes to the emergency room at Hayes Medical Center, they're going to be treated, but they're not. Hayes Medical Center is not necessarily going to be paid. And the economics of healthcare right now are, are not good at all. You know, most hospitals, particularly rural hospitals, are having a real struggle right now. I attended a session a few weeks ago, and uh, some, they provided some statistics. And of the 80 rural hospitals in, in uh, Kansas, they, they estimate that 40% or more are under significant financial distress. And we've seen several close over the last couple of years because they just can't make ends meet. And while Medicaid expansion would not be the one answer for everybody, it would be a significant contributor to helping a lot of these rural hospitals. And in particular, Hayes Medical Center as a regional medical center, a lot of this stuff falls on them and, and uh, they would be a significant beneficiary of this, as would DSNWK because they get some reimbursement for that type of thing. So it, it isn't just hospitals. It, it's far reaching on those who this would help. Well, if you're talking about uh, dealing with ongoing diseases like hypertension, diabetes, and things like that, really caring for those people in a preventative manner 
um, and not necessarily when they become acute at an emergency room. It's a lot more uh, cost benefit to do that in a primary care office uh, than it is when if someone doesn't have insurance, they have to go to the emergency room. Yeah, uh, the, the emergency room is the least effective way to treat primary care issues and preventative issues. Unfortunately, though, that's where many people without health insurance end up going because they, they don't have the funds to do anything until it is an emergency. And so that's an area where expansion would help in those situations. And uh, also, you know, from a, from a hospital perspective or a healthcare provider perspective, uh, the emergency room is the least effective way for them to deliver care also. And, you know, you, you want the emergency room to be for emergencies. You, you don't want it for primary health care. And, and many people who are uninsured tend to use the emergency room for that purpose. And, and so it becomes a very expensive way to deliver health care. Do you think this also would possibly affect like lost work days uh, for employers, too, if, they, if people can get long term <clears throat> care through, um, you know, having health care? Well, certainly if people are preventative in their approach to their health care, they're not going to be gone as much or they're not going to end up with catastrophic situations. Uh, So most of the numbers that have been shared, and I get this is a political issue. It shouldn't be, but it is. To me, it's an IQ test. You know, 40 of the 50 states have passed this. We we have an economic opportunity, and, and most of the studies will show you that the revenue portion from to the state ends up revenue positive that the 10 percent the way it works is the federal government pays 90 percent of the cost of the medicaid expansion the state of kansas has to pick up 10 percent and most of the benefits economically uh from people being covered and being able to work and therefore pay taxes and on and on and on outweigh what the cost to the state might be now Obviously, everybody's got a different way to look at it, but uh, the, the numbers are pretty overwhelming, and they're particularly overwhelming in Ellis County as to how important this would be for Ellis County economically. Well, I think that the last numbers I saw was that uh, Kansas is in the billions of dollars in, um, in income that would have come in from the Medicaid expansion that have been lost because Kansas has decided not to expand. We have lost billions and billions and billions as a state uh, and continue to every day. And, uh, you know, as I said, I think it's 40 or 41 states have adopted it. All of our surrounding states have adopted it. So if you, if you think about that from an economic development standpoint and a workforce perspective, if I'm living up in the close to a border of a surrounding state and I've got a primary job, you know, where I don't make a lot of money and I can cross the border and go to work there and be covered. But in Kansas, I can't be. Uh, certainly makes me think that we could be losing some workforce to neighboring states because we have failed to expand Medicaid. Yes. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add on this particular topic, Doug? Well, I, ju- I just think that we need to think through and, and we need to recognize that that Ellis County is somewhat unique in, in what it would do to our area because of the, the emphasis we have on Healthcare in Ellis County, uh, and and the, the significant part of our economy that healthcare is, and uh, so I, I think that's important that we recognize that, and we I, I applaud the city for taking this position and, and passing this resolution. It it doesn't 
make change anything really other than make a statement that the city feels this is important our community feels this is important and and it would make a big impact in our community I saw yesterday that Governor Kelly has already come out with a proposal to add this to the agenda for the legislature again this year. So it will definitely be something that's discussed in Topeka again. So we'll we'll see what uh, happens this legislative session. I, I hope so. I know that uh, if the the polling that's been done is seventy percent of of people are for this, it would uh, ba- basically, if what I've been told by uh, different people is that. The legislature would pass this if it ever came to the floor, but because of the way things work in politics, it has never made it to the floor for a vote or they want to fight about uh, little teeny provisions in it and that kind of thing. So hopefully it will come to the forefront this year and and, uh, we'll we'll see some action on it. And and Kansas can be added to that list of states that that have uh, expanded Medicaid and, and Ellis County can benefit from it. I know also last night at the city commission meeting, they discussed um, industrial revenue bonds uh, for Grow Hayes. Uh, was that for the micro factory? Yes, that was, it was an industrial revenue bond uh, action for the micro factory. They took final action on that to issue those bonds. Uh, it's, it's kind of a uh, complicated financial scenario, but at the end of the day, what it allows us to do is, is construct the micro factory and not have to pay sales tax on the materials used to construct it, as well as have a property tax abatement for a period of time. And that allows us then to pass those savings on to those business startups and hopefully, and well, not hopefully, we absolutely lower their cost of occupancy to be in the micro factory making it more likely that they're going to be successful and be able to grow their business. And so they did take final action on that last night and uh, approve those, the issuance of those bonds. Basically the, the city takes no risk. They expend, they don't ex- spend any money. Uh, so there's no financial consideration that they are responsible for anything. It's just a mechanism by which you can accomplish those two things I, I mentioned earlier. Um, yes, we've talked about the micro factory multiple times before, yeah. but it, you're still looking for tenants. We are. So people need to reach out to Grow Hayes if they have some kind of industrial or uh, manufacturing project that they would like to go in there. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the micro factory, uh, and, and we have talked about it a lot, but it, it's an incubator for manufacturers. I mentioned earlier, Ellis County is a white collar community primarily. Uh, our largest employers are white collar type jobs, whether it be hospital, college. But manufacturing is important. We have some manufacturing in Ellis County. We'd like to have a lot more. We don't really have the ability to recruit uh, a large manufacturer into our community, given our workforce issues. So we need to start with smaller ones and, and grow those over time. And that's what the micro factory is designed to do, is to provide an atmosphere uh, where they've got a great facility, access to the type of environment that they need, whether it be tall ceilings or overhead doors. At a, at a very affordable price so they can start their business, grow their business, move out, and the next one moves in, and we just repeat the process again and again. Well, I think that that really can be important to diversifying the business profile of a community to not only have the white-collar businesses but also have industrial here as well. No doubt about it. We need a diverse economy. Uh, those of old as me can remember back in the late 80s when we had a uh, the Travanol plant closed. 
the oil business was uh, not very good and ag was in a, in a bit of a crisis. Those were the three pillars that we had. We really didn't have a lot of diversity elsewhere and it was, it was extremely harmful to the community. So a, a strong and diverse economy is really important.